Praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. Good day to you. Glad to be here with the Lord, with His Word, and with you, wherever you might be. We're just so thankful to be able to be in the Word of God today, sharing the Word of God. This is our cross time with Pastor Curtis every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. And we are studying on Friday mornings a subject entitled Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. And we are just... Uh, I am learning leaps and bounds. I'm no Bible scholar. Or I'm not a theologian, but I am learning as we go and sharing that which we're learning. And we have much to talk about today. Uh, as we get into this today, it will be uh, part eight. And you can find everything we do here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas, uploaded to the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. It'll be uploaded to the YouTube channel uh, for your further, your later watching, and that is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And you can also listen to the audio on an app called Spreaker, and our channel is for those who have ears to hear. And uh, we have been digging into the Word of God and, and learning wonderful truths in His Word. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to show us, wants to lead us into is the wonderful truths of God's Word. The Holy Spirit doesn't just speak words. He, he guides us into the truth of God's Word. And you know, hopefully those of you who follow our teaching and our ministry have learned that we have in the past, and we can, if we're not careful, hold God's Word in an unrighteous context. And when that happens, the only fruit that can be there, even if it appears to be godly, even if it appears to be righteous to men, it's unrighteous and ungodly to God. And Romans chapter 1 verse 18 tells us that. So on this 11th day of June in 2021, here in part 8 of Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. And again, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and we're going to start today in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But before we do, why don't we just ask the Lord to impart that which we desperately need today, which is a brighter light of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, expounded to us by His Spirit from the pages of of His Word. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for giving us this time to, to dig into the Word of God, to cry out to You for more knowledge, for more understanding, to, 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 to have greater desire in our heart that's even of You, to want to know You more, to understand You more, and to, 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 to understand the fear of the Lord and to be able to walk in a way that's pleasing to You according to Your Word and bear fruit, fruit that remains, that will glorify you. And we just give you the praise today as you impart that into our hearts that we need on this day in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. What a wonderful day it is for a touch from the Lord. And we're just believing as the power of God comes through the gospel, the teaching of God's word, that you yourself, whoever you are, wherever you are, God is going to find you and God is going to touch you today. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we're going to discuss this today a little bit about God cannot be pleased among men without faith involved. And, I, and, I, and I've written some things down I want to share with you. So get your pencil, get your paper, and be sure and write these things down. God is only pleased. Now this is powerful. Most, most of the church has never heard any phrases like this, but we're not changing anything. This is what Hebrews eleven six really says. So listen, God is only pleased with what he is able to do in and through men. And he can't be pleased without faith because faith is a trust in what God has said. And when we trust in what God has said, then we're moving into that which God has spoken, which is the involvement of God. He's the one who gave us the direction. He's the one by His Spirit who's spoken to us. He's the one who by His Spirit 
teaches us and uh, teaches us and, and, and brings the understanding of what he's telling us. And he also is the one who gives us the strength and the power, the confidence to walk in that which he teaches. Do you understand that? When, when, when God put Adam in the garden, he, he, he gave him a command Genesis 2.16, it wasn't just, hi, hey, you doing? Listen carefully. No, and the Bible says, And the Lord God commanded the man that you may freely eat of all the trees in the garden, just don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day you eat of that tree you shall surely die. That's the only word of command that God gave Adam. And, and as long as Adam just believed that word, everywhere he went, all his works, everything he was doing, the tilling of the ground, the keeping of the garden, everything he did because he was obedient to that word he was given, he was doing as unto the Lord. And Colossians 3.23 tells us that let us do everything as heartily, heartily with the heart unto the Lord. Not just going through the motions because I feel like I have to and oh well what would they think if I didn't. No. Let us do everything. Colossians 3.23 let us do everything as heartily as unto the Lord. I mean, with the heart serving God because there's a desire there to serve God. Let me, let me just take a sidestep for a moment and share with you what the Lord spoke to my heart just on my little short drive to the church this morning. That if faith is involved in the heart of men, then desire plays a part in that. A desire in our heart has to be there for faith. When we hear the word of God, there has to be a desire, first of all, to even be somewhere to hear. There has to be a desire. And, and, and even if we didn't desire to hear what we heard, someone kind of showed up and just said it, any, preached it to us anyway, and we really didn't have a desire to hear it, then there surely has to be a desire to believe it. When, when you heard the gospel and you heard you were lost... We realized I'm undone. I'm, I, 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 I'm not only making mistakes. I, I, listen, I'm not only doing wrong, I am wrong. And a godly sorrow pierced our hearts. And all of a sudden, there was this desire to be saved. A desire to no longer be guilty of our sin. Desire plays a huge part when it comes to faith. Because when, when you hear the word of God, if you, do not, at first, if you do not initially have a desire to do the word of God, you will never allow that faith that you heard to move you into the doing of what you heard. Do you understand that? And the Bible says that the Lord will give us the desires of our heart. Not that house, that car, that truck, that boat. No, he will actually give us the de desires we need in our heart. Are, are you okay with that? I hope so. I, I hope you've the light come on to many of you that, that no, he's not, he's not get, you know, the desire of our heart. No, it's the desires that he puts in there. When Jesus was at the last supper with his disciples, he said, with desire, I have desire to partake of this last meal with you. I have a desire uh, uh, I have with desire I desire. Many people in the church who are, well, they're saved, but they've not stepped into the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I personally believe that there's, there's a, a lack in their desire. They, they, the desire only uh, takes place a little bit when, when they hear something about it every once in a while. But let me tell you something, folks. The promises of God, we just read it. It's impossible to please God without faith. But they that comes to God must believe that He is and he, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. When you begin to diligently seek God for something that is God's will, He sees that desire. Matter of fact, He's the one who's given you that desire. And when He sees you honoring that desire he's played. When he sees you 
diligently seeking Him with that desire for the things of God, He's going to pour into your life. He's going to do what? He's going to reward you for diligently seeking Him for the things that are His will for your life. My goodness, that's good. And God, and let's get back to a main point I wanted to make this morning. God, and I've been saying this for years, but the Lord's really showing us more and more a greater light of it, a greater truth of it, a greater reality of it, that God only honors what God does. You say, well, no, God honors what we do. God honors only honors what we do if it's by His Spirit and His Spirit God, the Holy Spirit. I hope you're getting that. And back to Adam in the garden. Everything he did because he was obedient, he was, he was still obedient until he disobeyed God, until he listened to another voice and disobeyed God. He was still under that word of commandment and everything he did was as unto the Lord. And you and I today... As Christians, we became obedient through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. That's what we believed and we were declared. And Romans 6 tells us we became obedient. We obeyed that form of doctrine that was delivered to us. And we need to understand that God only honors what God does. And as Adam went about his business doing what he was supposed to be doing, that was God's rule over him carrying out that ordained will of God to be in the earth, to be keeping the garden, to be representing Him. I believe, you know, Adam and Eve, they didn't have a, a clothes like we know them today. I believe they were clothed with the majesty and the honor of God. I believe they were covered in light. I can show you a scripture where I believe we could probably look at that. You, let's look at that. Psalms 104. Let's look at that this morning. Psalm 104. And, and see what the Bible said, because God created man in his own image. And I believe that Adam and Eve, God created them in his own image. And I believe God had them clothed. And we see in Psalms 104, verse 1, Bless, it, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Who covers yourself with light as with a garment who stretchest out the heavens like a curtain. Now verse 1 said, says that God is clothed with honor and majesty. And verse 2 says he's, he covers himself with light. I have no reason not to, not to think that, that because God created man in his image that he also had them clothed in the glory, in the honor and the majesty of the Lord because that's who they represented. As long as they were obedient, they were, listen, they were representing the Lord God who is clothed with honor and majesty and who covers himself with light. That's pretty powerful to me. So everything Adam did in the garden as he was obedient was as unto the Lord, all of it. And you and I are called to keep the faith so that what we're doing, it's actually God ruling over us, God ruling in us, and God carrying out His plan in and through our lives. I read it. Let me read it again. God is only pleased. He's not pleased outside of faith. God can't be pleased outside of faith. And you know one of the main reasons that is? Because anything that's not of faith... The Bible says in Romans uh, uh, 14 and tw I'm sorry, 12 and 23. I'm sorry, Romans 14 and 23, that anything outside of faith is sin. Now that doesn't mean if that if I tie my shoes the wrong way, that's a sin. No, anything that I'm trusting God for, my seeking God, my finding God is my Savior, my finding God is my rewarder, my finding God is my provision. Any seeking of God, the one true God, outside of faith in the sacrifice of Christ, hear me very well, is a sin. 
If I'm seeking God through some program, if I'm seeking God by uh, laying out and looking at the clouds, no, the Bible says God sent His Word to heal us and to deliver us from all destruction and any other way of faith that than simple childlike faith in Christ and Him crucified is sin. You know, it's not just a sin to go get drunk and to do all these things we think of as sins. It's a sin to have our faith in something other than the cross of Christ. It's a sin. Is that the first time you've ever heard that? Because in all reality, if our faith is not in Christ and His work at Calvary, then we're not operating in biblical faith. I hope you would go back and listen to the first seven sessions of Bible faith in light of the cross because, and we'll cover some more today, but unless we're trusting from our heart. Remember Colossians 3.23, let everything we do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And we'll be found living as unto the Lord if it's by faith. If it's by faith. And if God's not pleased, that means He's not involved. All, all God can do to someone who's living in a manner that He's not pleased with, and, and, and millions are in church every Sunday, and, and God isn't pleased because He's not finding that faith, that faith of His Son and what His Son did for us at Calvary. That's the only avenue of biblical faith. That's the only object of biblical faith. And let me say it again in case you've missed it. Your faith, my faith, can be for God, F-O-R, for God to do a multiple list of things. But the object of our faith is Christ and Him crucified in that two-letter word. Our faith has to be in Christ and Him crucified. I can have faith for God to heal me, for God to give me a spouse, for God to uh, deliver, for God to make a whatever, for, for God to move in me and through me. But the object of my faith is in Christ Jesus. That means in His death. Everything I'm looking for flows from that place. That man on that day, on that cross, in that hour who did what He did, we need to always remember Jesus said He is the beginning and the ending in Revelation chapter 1 verse 8. He calls Himself the beginning and the ending because at the cross, in, in the twinkling of an eye moment, He became the ending. He ended everything right there that He once began that had fallen that will be destroyed and put away out of sight all, for all eternity and remembered no more. But in that same simultaneous moment that he became the ending of all of that, he also became the new eternal beginning for all those that would trust in him. And we need to remember that. And it, our faith only works if it's placed in his death, the death of Christ, that object of faith then we can believe God for the benefits He desires to daily load us with. So let's look at this. God cannot be pleased without faith. We've seen that here in Hebrews eleven six, And we've also stated that God can't be pleased outside of faith because anything outside of faith is sin. God can't be pleased with sin. He can't, it's not only that God can't ever sin, God can't be pleased with sin. We, we, nobody on the planet in the church, no saved person has a full understanding of sin and the horrors of it and the way God looks at it. But if you want to see the best that you will ever be able to see, you have to look and see what God had to do about it to save you and me. He had to give His only begotten Son. He had to send His Son to this earth to go through the horrors of suffering and to die for you and me. He didn't have any sin. Don't listen to the liars and the false prophets that say He became a sinner. He did not become a sinner. He took on our sin upon Him 
as, as symbolic under the Old Covenant. You read about the, the scapegoat where they placed the priests placed their hands on the goat. The goat didn't become a sinner. The goat, the goat didn't know nothing about sin. It was still that, that innocent sacrifice. He, he didn't become a sinner. He just carried our sins off into the, the, the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah. Buried them in a grave. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. He did that for us. And we need to remember these things. Faith. Write it down. Faith is God moving in and through the believer both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's Philippians 2, 12 and 13. It is, and it tells us there, let's look over there and look at that. I hope you'd follow along in your Bibles as I'm uh, turning to my Bible. In my Bible right here, Philippians 2, uh, 15, I'm sorry, 2, 12. Watch carefully now because this is, this is a, a controversial scripture for a lot of people who, who are still confused and live in controversial lives. Listen carefully. Philippians 2, 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, hang on to that word, not as in my presence only, not only were you living for God while I was there, but because it wasn't just a show while I was there, Paul says, but now much more, even much more you're found obedient even when I'm not there. Even when you're not in church on Sunday, even when the preacher's not around, even when the Christian music is not playing, and even then you are walking in obedience to the truth of the cross of Christ, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. Where is the fear and the trembling in the church today? Where is it? Where is the fear and trembling in the church today? When someone arrives at a church for the first time, especially those people who've never been in a church. And there is something different about them. There is a, 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 an awe, a, 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 listen, uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Those people who've never been to church, say they're 20, 30 years old, most uh, all the time when they come into a church, there's this, this fear and trembling. They, that's not the words they would say, but that's what it is. And, and, and most of them won't get near the preacher until after a few services. And then they, they start kind of, you know, relaxing a little bit. And, and, and you know, some people after a year or two still won't go near the preacher. And I won't tell you why I think that is, but you've got a pretty good idea. But we're called to work out our own I, 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 listen, I can't work your salvation out and you can't work mine out because my salvation is not taking place in you and your salvation is not taking place in me. And here, we're told to work it out. Work it out. And that's talking about come to the conclusion of, watch verse 13. What's the first word in verse 13? Because, F-O-R, because it is God which works in you. See, we've got to work out what we find ourselves in agreement with God about what He's working in. And that means He's trying to teach us the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He's trying to show us every word written on the pages in light of the living Word who went to the cross for us to lay His life down so that we could believe upon that and become obedient and then He could guide us into all truth and we could be found obedient living under His rule, His reign. It's called grace, my friends. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Watch now. For because it's God working in you, both to will, not just to will though. It's not God just giving you the will. doesn't stop there. A lot of Christians, they cut God off right there. No, no, see, I, I see what God wills. I, I know what God wants. I know what God's asking. I know what God's telling me. And that's, that's it. But listen... Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. What He wills that you do, if you will stay subject to Him through faith in the sacrifice, remember, faith in the cross means it's not my way, it's His way. 
Faith in the cross means now that I'm, I'm following Christ. I'm, I'm learning that I, my life's not my own. I've been purchased with that blood. Come on, somebody help me today. And I need to get past knowing what God says, knowing what God wants from His Word. I need, I need to get past just the place of hearing and not doing. Because if, that, if, that, if that's what place, I'm, what place I'm found in, James said that if, if I'm a hearer only and not a doer, I'm deceiving myself. It's self-deception. Because God is working in me as a Christian. Come on. He's working in me. He's showing me what's right. He, many, many, many today are hearing the message of the cross and how they need to repent from all their schemes of the enemy and all their golden calves they've built, all the, all the things they've trusted in, being distracted from the cross, thinking, it's, well, it's the cross, it's why we get to do it. No, 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 it's not ever Jesus Christ and Him crucified and that second and eliminates you from grace. That second and eliminates, <coughs> hear me, that second and eliminates God being pleased with what's going on in your life. Let's stay here for a moment. Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the purpose-driven life, God's not pleased. And the government of 12, anything else other, anything other than faith, exclusive faith in the cross of Jesus Christ, who He is as the Son of God and what He did there as the Lamb of God, when we get any other object of faith added to that, we're a wave tossed to and fro on the sea. Winds of doctrines have come in now. Now I've fallen from grace. I didn't say you lost your soul. Fallen from grace, Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, write it down, look at it. The church can fall from grace and walk in a place where Paul says Christ cannot profit us. Christ can be no effect to us. Are you in that place? Maybe you think you just accidentally came across us on YouTube or the website. No, it's not an accident, my friend. The Lord's trying to reach and get you back to His way of righteousness the path of the cross. Learning what the cross 2,000 years ago, the cross of Christ means for you today on this Friday, what it'll mean for you tomorrow on Saturday if tomorrow comes, and how the Holy Spirit wants to apply the work of Christ on the cross to your personal daily life with Him. For that's the only avenue that God can work in what needs to be worked out. It's through Him giving you the desires. There's that word again. See, it's God working in you both to will, both giving you that desire to do what the will of God is, but not just that. Watch, because it is God which works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. There's that word. God has no good pleasure unless He finds faith carrying out His plan, which takes place by His Spirit. See, He's included. He's, God didn't just, uh, uh, just throw us out here. He didn't do it with Adam. When, you know when the Lord put Adam in the garden, everything Adam needed was there. He gave him the command, and as long as Adam walked under that rule, that command of God, everything he did was as unto the Lord. Are you getting a hold of this today? And as, and as our faith is in the cross of Christ, the Lord can add those new desires because we are hungry to see more of the Lord working in and through my life. The Holy Spirit wants to not only work in me, but He wants to work through me. And that is what God is pleased in. Jesus taught in John 15 that the Lord has given us an opportunity as branches in Him to bring forth fruit, more fruit, much fruit. And He teaches that it's the fruit that remains that glorifies the Father. That means all fruit doesn't remain. We need to walk by faith day and night. Walk by faith, live by faith. God has no pleasure in anything that's outside of faith. And that is, my friend, the faith of the Son of God who loved us 
and gave himself for us. That's the faith. When Jesus told the people that he would heal or deliver, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Listen, it's just like Paul said. The life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's called our faith because it's in what Jesus did by grace through faith at Calvary. He would say, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. But he could only say that to them because their faith was in who he is as the Redeemer, the Savior, the Messiah, the promised Christ, the promised seed of the woman. They believed upon him. And what he was doing, hear me, what he was doing by faith and everything Jesus did was by faith. He said, I don't do anything I don't see the Father doing. I don't utter a word that I don't hear my Father speaking. Jesus came with commandment, was led by the Spirit, never had a thought. Listen, never had a word and never had an action that wasn't the Holy Spirit guiding him. We need to remember that because he, Jesus said he always pleases the Father. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? Jesus said about himself, I always please the Father. That means that Jesus did never step outside the boundaries of faith. And so when we say that, we know that's true from what's written. You and I need to see the gold mine, the treasure that we have in the measure of faith, Romans 12, 3, that we've been given that was measured out of that faith that never displeased God. That was always faithful. Hallelujah to the Lamb. What a joy to know that Jesus always pleased the Father. Always. He, he never took a step outside of the boundaries where God would not be pleased. The Father was pleased with Jesus. His only begotten Son in every thought, every word, every step, everything about Him. The one who is the brightness of of God's glory. The one who was commanded to come and to lay his life down and to take it up again and did so, became as a servant, a, a humble and obedient man unto death so that you and I could believe unto that righteous work that he became to us at Calvary. Hallelujah. So let's think about that because you and I are called to work out with fear and trembling. And it will take fear and trembling. Fear and trembling will be there when you get serious about the things of the Lord. When you realize I, God's been trying to do this, God's been trying to do this, you'd be amazed at how many people have told me through the years that God's been trying to get them to do this for 20 years, 30 years. What a horrible, what a horrible thing to have to say. That means, that means they've been resisting, quenching, denying the Holy Spirit all these years. And God's not pleased with that. And if we just take that lightly and we're not convicted and broken and convicted and convinced that God is right and we're wrong, then we're going to be in trouble. And because we cry about it, that's not the answer. We get in the floor and we roll around for an hour or so crying about it and asking God to forgive us and He is faithful to forgive. But let me tell you something. If we get up from there not having repented, turned around, gone into that which God is uh, uh, not only willing but attempting to do in and through us, we remain in a boatload of trouble, a sinking boatload of trouble. God's only pleased with what He's able to will and to do through you. What He's able to do in you is also manifest through you by Him when we're obedient, 
when we're obedient. Not when we say, I know what I should be doing, I know what I need to be doing, I know I want to be doing it. But those who are learning the message of the cross on all the pages of God's Word, where the power of the Holy Spirit comes from, what allows Him, the law that He works by, Romans 8, 2. Once we learn that, we, we realize, I'm talking to you and me today, we realize the object of faith is the cross. Okay, hallelujah, glory to God. We've got something now, but we still have to subject ourselves to that. We still have to deny ourselves of, the, of everything that would hinder us allowing God to work in and through, through the doing of that which pleases Him. There's that word, of His good pleasure. When you see in the Bible the phrase, God's good pleasure, His pleasure, that means faith is involved. Remember, he can't be pleased outside of faith. He's not pleased just because I'm out there doing good deeds. He's pleased if I'm living according to the faith of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that can't happen, my friend, unless the object of my faith is Christ and Him crucified. I hope you're getting that. I hope you're getting the blessing today. I am just from sharing it to you and from studying these things. Listen to this. I'm going to read it again. Faith, we, we, for years we've just thought faith was us doing something. Oh no, my friend. Listen very carefully. Faith, the faith we live by is the faith measured out of the faith Christ lived and died and was resurrected by. It's that measure. Listen though, faith is God moving in, not just in, and through. Remember, if we get stuck in a place where we see God's working in us, but it doesn't turn into the doing of what God's working in us, James said, I'm, I'm walking in a self-deception. I'm knowing what I should be doing, but I'm doing it not. And somebody help me here this morning. What does the Bible say that is? When a man knows to do that which is right and he does it not, it is what? That three-letter word, sin, with the letter I right in the middle of it because I be the problem. Faith is not the problem. God's not the problem. It's a lack of brokenness and contriteness. Here it comes. It's a lack of that we talked about in Philippians 2 and 12 with fear and trembling. See, the doing of what I'm hearing is going, to, is, going to, is going to be done with fear and trembling. You're not getting around it. And the church is very talented at, at trying and successfully removing the fear and trembling that comes from the Word of God. We'll, we'll, we'll write a new translation to remove the fear and the trembling that comes to our heart according to what we've read in certain scriptures. We'll start a whole new denomination where we don't talk about, we don't discuss the things in the Bible that cause our heart to fear and tremble. But Isaiah prophesied and said the Lord looks upon those that tremble in His Word. That He's looking upon those that tremble in His Word because those that tremble in His Word are those who are not only hearing, but they're found by the Spirit of God carrying out the will of God, the doers of the Word. And if you read James chapter 1, and I hope you're taking notes today, write this down. James chapter 1 verse 22 says that we need to be doers of the Word. If we're only hearers and not doers, we're deceiving ourselves. We, we're called to be doers of the Word. Well, James 1 and 25 calls it doers of the work. And Jesus tells through John the Revelator, He tells the church of Thyatira, you can read in the end of Revelation chapter 2, that, you, that we're called to carry out His works until the end. His works until the end. See, it's the Holy Spirit attempting to work in, that ain't the end of it, in and through the church. And, we, and many times we'll see what the Lord's trying to do and we just start talking a good talk and trying to talk ourselves out of the doing 
But if we don't get past just hearing and begin to start doing the Word, we can never be involved in the doing of the work because it takes doers of the Word to be doers of the work and the Word of God is God. God has to be involved or He's not pleased. It's His Word. It's His faith we live by. It's His direction. It's the fruit that He can produce in us. It's His fruit. It's the fruit of who He is that we can bear. No other fruit can we bear than that which is Christ. I'm going to share that with you this morning. Christ, let's, let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look at a very familiar scripture today in verse 2. Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Of our faith. And it refers back here again to the faith being the faith of Jesus. Some translation, no, faith in Jesus. I understand we have to have faith in Christ. But biblically, that's speaking of trusting unto righteousness, with the heart believing unto righteousness. Romans 10 and 10 is not a scripture exclusive for the born-again experience because every word of God is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. So every word God has ever spoken has to be looked at in its righteous context and right, the righteousness of Christ only flows through Calvary. It doesn't come through our doing. It comes through Him having done the work of righteousness at the cross, Isaiah 32 and 17. My goodness, you're getting some good stuff this morning. I pray the Lord impart it to our hearts where it's like billboards along the path that he's, that he's walking us in as our good shepherd. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Looking unto Jesus, the originator, the author, the authority of our faith, and the finisher, the finality of our faith. And it also means the perfecter of our faith. He's working in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Let's kind of stay there today. I'll get back to this. You can't get away from that. God is the one working in us both to will, to help. That's how He gives us the desires of our heart, by teaching us the truth of His Word so that our desire will be right. Our desire should be His will. Oh my goodness, this is good. My, my, my desire should be what He wills. And when my desires are conformed into what He wills, uh, there's going to be a greater likelihood that I'm going to become a doer of His Word. He, he, he not only is working in me to will, giving me the new desires that I need, but He's also going to be the power that I do. It's not just something I have to say, okay, I'll do it. No, no. It's still Him doing the willing, Him bringing the desire, and Him, He will be the one who is carrying out the doing, but I have to be subject to Him, submissive to Him through faith in the only avenue through which He, the Holy Spirit, works, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, which points to Calvary. Colossians 2 and 6 explains that the way we walk in Christ is the way we were placed in Christ. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, how did you receive Him? Through faith in His death at Calvary. So also walk ye in Him. Nobody on the earth is walking in Christ while they're trusting in anything other than than the cross. We can walk in Christ for a half a day and then not walk in Christ for the second half of the day. You know what I'm talking about. You know it's true. But look at this again. It's God who's working in me both to will. That means He's shaping my desires for His will to be carried out. 
Because He not only works in me to will, I have to will it, I have to desire it before I can agree with God. Can't walk together. What Amos the prophet say, can two walk together lest they be agreed? No, sir, they can't. I have to agree that God knows better than me. God's What He's willing in me, what He's showing me in the Word is better than what I've thought, better than what I had planned. Hallelujah. And not only do I see what God's trying to lead me in according to the Word of God, but my desires are being shapened more and more until I submit myself and carry out by His Spirit what it is that pleases Him. His good pleasure. See, it's faith alone that produces His good pleasure. God can't be pleased outside of faith, my friend. Remember that. So look back at Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He calls it here our faith, but He tells us where it comes from. Jesus. It's His faith. Anything you and I have, friend, that's spiritual, that's of God, it came through the person of Jesus Christ and His work at Calvary. And if it's going to be found functioning properly for the fruit and the glory of God, it's going to come through faith in the sacrifice or it's going to be being abused for fleshly gain. And there will come a price to be paid for that. And God's opening the eyes of His people. Those He gets back to Calvary where they can see again, then they begin to recognize and realize everyone by their fruit. Not their niceness, not their mannerisms, not, their, not necessarily their behavior, but by what they believe, by what they're teaching, by what they're sharing. Their li- our lives show what we believe. You've heard me say it through the years. Let me say it again this morning. We live the way we do simply because we think the way we do. But we think the way we do simply because we believe the way we believe. The fruit of our lives is based on the way we think, what we think. And what we think that produces the lives we live is based on how and what we're hearing from the Word of God. And I'm talking about Christians. How we hear and what we hear, we studied it recently last week. Jesus taught that what we hear and how we hear is going to determine. He's talking about spiritual things of the Lord from the Word. How we hear and what we hear is going to determine what we have, what's added to our lives, and what's taken away from us. We we need to look at those things. Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. Jesus taught those things. But Jesus is the originator. He's the one who authored our faith. Remember, He's the beginning. In in Revelation 1-8, He declares Himself as the beginning. The beginning of all that will forever be that came about by grace through faith. It's not just grace. Jesus tasted death for all men by the grace of God. Hebrews 2 and 9. (coughs) He did that by faith. By grace through faith. And yes, we can say Jesus died for us. We can say we believe it. In the grace offered us there, but it's through faith. It's through faith. Peter writes in 1 Peter 1 and 5 that we're kept by the power of God through faith. That's not it. Unto salvation. The fruit of our being kept by the power of God through faith is unto salvation. It's the fruit in our lives that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. It's that fruit of the doing of the Word that results in the doing of the work that Jesus said He better find when He comes. He better find the doing of the work. You better carry out the doing of the work till He comes. 
Because if the work ceases, that means hearing the word properly has ceased. See, these are things the church needs to hear. These are things that, that even anyone in the church, if they listen to it, it'll be in the, in the privacy of their, their own little vehicle or the corner of their house when nobody's around. But this is what needs to be heard on a broad level. God's working in His children. He speaks the word to them. But then for probably the majority of all that are true Christians, that's the end of it. That's the end of it. They sense God stirring them. They sense God attempting to, to, to give them uh, this, to show them His will. To, and we're, we've all been there. We can be there today. God's attempting to guide us and to lead us. I guess I could use myself as an example. Back in 2005, we had looked for 12 months, a year, for a church. We were out. When we, when we left all the false stuff we were all tied up in and realized we were as false in what we taught as everybody we'd been tied to, we looked for a church for 12 months. This church, that church, all over the Oklahoma text. We went over into Arkansas. We went all the way up to my hometown 50 miles away, DeKalb. We, we, we were all over Atlanta and Queen City and the outskirts and all over the place because a Christian wants to be planted in a local church. That's something God wills. And many Christians need to get past that part and to step into letting God plant them. Come on, somebody. And after 12 months of seeking a church... And it wasn't that I'd leave church with my family every Sunday and say, no, they're not preaching the cross. I wasn't even putting that together yet. But I was listening to the message of the cross through Sun Life Radio. And I, and I wasn't hearing that in any of these churches I went to. But I didn't have it right up here. I, wasn't, I didn't even have the thought process of, well, I'm not hearing what they're teaching. But I kept saying there's something missing. Because until, until you get the message of the cross and understand, I didn't say you say you understand it, until you get that in your heart and it moves you. It moves you away from that which is not focused on the... Until you get it in your heart, you're not going to be able to do anything but say, well, that's just not right, and then that one's not right, and that one's not right. But the moment... I understood what was being said on that radio about how the Holy Spirit works through faith in the cross alone. Then the Lord began to deal with me more intensely in prayer. Through that revelation, through the illumination of God's Word about the cross of Jesus Christ and how it applies to my life right now, today, every day. And in prayer... I said to the Lord, and he was impressing on me, I want you to start a church. And I'd already been a deacon and an associate pastor and a pastor for a year and a half over a group of people, and all that had flopped. You know, and, and in today's church world, if you don't have the big degree and the diplomas and all that, then, then you, you're made feel like you're not up to par. And in prayer, the Lord was impressing on my heart, I want you to start a work, start a church. And I told the Lord of, after hearing that from him multiple times, I finally spoke to the Lord really out of frustration of hearing that, thinking I was going to change the mind of the Lord, I guess. We, we sometimes act like we're that foolish. But I told the Lord, Lord, there's 500 churches in our region 500 churches, probably from a, in a 50-mile radius from right where I sit now, 50 miles in every direction from right here, there's 500-plus churches. I told the Lord that, and the Lord spoke to me as clear as I've ever heard Him, and this is what He said, but they're not preaching my gospel. Now, when I've told that, it made a lot of people mad because they think their preacher's preaching the gospel. But I knew what the Lord meant. There are churches preaching the gospel. But see, church meetings 
are not for the lost. Lost people wander in and can be saved, but that's really not what church meetings are for. Church meetings are to worship God in spirit and truth, to praise God together corporately as the congregation and to be equipped for the work of the ministry, which, by the way, is the work of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, having to have the message of the cross involved for the work of the ministry because he only works through faith in the cross. Are you okay today? This has really been good for me today. But I knew what the Lord meant they're not preaching my cross as it pertains to the only way that I work in and through them. They're not preaching the gospel as it pertains to their already saved and spirit-filled lives. They don't want it. This is what the Lord showed me. What He told me was they're not preaching my gospel. And He was talking about their churches, the pastors. They're not preaching this. And when he spoke that to me, it even the Lord turned the light on even greater of why I couldn't be satisfied where we went for 12 months. I, I couldn't get I didn't know why. I'd just leave there saying, well, that's not it. And, and one church I really wanted to be a part of, it was boy, really looked like it was growing and people coming from everywhere. And the pe preacher that day stood up and said, "If you're called to ministry, would you please stand?" And all half the congregation stood up and, and he passed out those VHS tapes in those old days, old thing that big, you know. And I brought it home right after church and stuck it in the player and it came on. And what I saw in the first five minutes, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, He said, Forget it. That's what the Lord showed me, told me. He said, He said, Don't go back. He said, They're headed right where I've already brought you out of. They're just not there all the way yet into the deepness of, and darkness of the false stuff you were teaching, you were believing. But they're headed there. They're headed there. And I never went back. Even called me on the phone, the pastor did, after not being there in, in either one or two Sundays and, and, and began to tell me that he thought I was the one God had sent for, to be the youth pastor and all these things because today's church, they'll just try to get you in no matter what it takes them letting you do. It don't matter. I just couldn't put my finger on why it wasn't right for a whole year's worth of visiting. But when the Lord began to make it clear, He wants the message of the cross in the pulpit. And He wants it there every time we open our Bibles. He wants it talked about. <laughs> There are preachers today to say we don't have to focus on that like you're doing. We don't have to talk about as, that as much as you're doing. There are other things to talk about. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> there are a lot of things, topics to talk about in the Bible. But if we don't introduce the power of the cross to every topic in the Bible, we will be attempting to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what's wrong in our, Pentecost, our Pentecostal churches today. You rarely will see anyone, although you will hear the power of God and its definition taught about the baptism with the Holy Spirit being for power for service. But I wish somebody would show me some of that power and what it's really for. The preaching of the gospel for signs and wonders. Not for jumping up and down and rolling in the floor. Come on, somebody. If you want to do that, go ahead. I'm not condemning you. God moves all over you. That may happen. But if that's the end of it, if that's the end of it, how were you equipped for the work of the ministry? You see how far off track we can get. God can't be pleased outside of faith because anything outside of faith is sin. And anything outside of faith, and that's the faith of the Son of God that we live by, Galatians 2.20. Anything outside of that faith is sin. And God can't be pleased with it because He's being rejected. And we didn't know it for years. We didn't know it for years. Man, I'm out of time. Would you believe I'm out of time? Well... That's the way it goes when you're having a delightful time in the Lord. I pray that the Lord has been able to impart 
what's needed in our hearts today. It's a treasure, it's a gold mine what we have in Jesus. And we need to move on beyond God working in us both to will. We need to see also He's looking for the doing of His Word that becomes the doing of His work. And there's where the fruit is, my friend. There's where the fruit is. And all that takes place exclusively through our trusting in the obedient work, the righteous work, the faithful work of Jesus Christ in His death at Calvary. Come back to the cross. Come back to the cross and you'll see why you've not been able to understand much of what you've been confused about. Glory to God. I love you and I praise God for every single one of you soldiers of the cross who are praying for us, sowing into this ministry, helping us send Bibles into the prison system, seven expositor study Bibles every single week. That's costly and I'm thankful for those of you who are helping us and to do the other things we're doing here at Crossway Church. The Lord is reaching through this ministry. I pray and I know that He's reaching through you and He's going to reach farther. He's told me he's going to reach farther in the days ahead. You can count on it. Doesn't matter how dark the world gets. We're the light of Jesus Christ in a dark world. You can sow into this ministry by donating online at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Check out the store on the website, again, it's thecrosswaychurch.com. Angel Pieces music CD is there. My book is there. There's about 10 or 12 CD sets there. And they're all reasonably priced for your blessing. And again, let's keep marching on in this glorious light of Jesus Christ through faith in what He did at Calvary. I'll see you next time. Until then... Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.